This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey guys, quick thing. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Mook Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Mook Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with Mook Delivery. So the only question left to say is, are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can get reward points delivered too. So the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hello and welcome to the Arsenal's The Guna Talk. And also the Arsenal's have managed to mess up. That's the first time I think I've ever messed up the intro. I must be intimidated by my guests. But uh, hello and welcome to The Guna Talk. Hope you're doing good. Hope you're doing well. Uh, I'm joined this morning by Clive from the Arsenal Vision Podcast. How are you doing, Clive? You good, you well? I am. How are you? Yeah, I'm good. Why, why do you always pull... I noticed this when you do The Vision as well. It's like, Elliot's like... Like you can follow Clive, blah 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 blah, and then it's like a pause, and then you're like, "Hello." <laughs> you know why? <clears throat> Go on. Just making sure you're listening, right? Yeah, so it's very important. <laughs> Every word matters. Messaging, delivery of messaging is very important. Very important, mm. as you know, right? As you know, when you get it wrong, what? you have a listenership who will tell you. <laughs> I know they do. It's like this morning where I said the ten yard box. Like, uh, yeah, yeah. I was asking, and the thing is, like, I was talking like hypothetically, like in that area, not necessarily that there's a line of the ten yard box, and everyone in the chat box is going, "It's called the 18. And then I said, "I meant the sixteen yard," and I realised, "Oh wait, hold on, it's the eighteen yard box." And obviously, yeah. they're all on me then as well. So. Absolutely, put the spade away, mate. It's an eighteen yard box. What's wrong with you? Stop digging a hole for yourself. <laughs> oh no just oh just i just don't like being pulled up on things but you'll do that to me plenty what what's what's been your biggest kind of like hold your hands up moment this season like oh wow i was i was wrong about that you know I, i've learned something if you know what i mean or have you had one so far this season um every time eddie scores a hat trick i sort of have to uh be yeah a little bit humble. but to be fair my position with him has not say changed but i've I said, let's just say this today or yesterday to Eddie. Uh, this is my this is my thing with Eddie now. I kept misreading him, or there's some players I struggle to see. Right? Smith Rose, another. Just don't see him clearly. Some people have mm. him on a pedestal. I don't. I think, yeah, good player. But then you have to accept that you don't see every player in the same way. And so when I with Eddie, I've got some technical issues with him. But you know what? I said to myself, why am I getting aerated about one of our players what is it mm. so for me then what i tend to do is look at the the inputs to that discussion in my own head i say well eddie why are we wish casting eddie to be our main center forward 
when obviously we should be looking at Eddie and the role by which he plays within our squad. Yep. If you judge Eddie on the role in the squad and start to compare him to other strikers in the league that perform a similar role, like Martial or Callum Wilson, Alvarez. or Guyat Villa, Alvarez potentially, the guy at Villa, mm. Duran, his name is, I think. Yes. Yep. Who's second behind. And you start to look around the league and you start to compare him to those guys. Richarlison, potentially behind Son. I'm, just, I'm, I'm trying to. Well, yeah, I mentioned Callum Wilson already, right? So, yeah. so basically. When you See, start I wasn't to compare listening. him, he wasn't listening. It happens all the time, but your listeners are going to tell you he wasn't listening. Listen to Clive Tom, they're going to say. <laughs> so, um, but when you start to compare him to them, then we have a discussion. Then we can see why Arteta rates him. Because then you compare, well, actually, the role in the squad that he plays, given the fact that our main centre forward doesn't take much for him to twist the sock and be out for, for, for a month. Eddie's role is incredibly valuable. So why wouldn't you pay him as such? Mm. Why wouldn't you judge him as such? So if I said that to you now, then my comp my view on Eddie has changes because I'm not expecting him to be starting every single week for us and be in the European Cup final team. Do you see what I mean? I'm expecting mm. him to be part of a group. And that's what you've got to think about now, the roles in a group and the acceptance of these players to accept their role and how they perform it. And... When you look at him like that, he is top class because he comes yep. in, does the best job he possibly can, not always brilliantly, hmm. always fit, most more often than not, apart from when he did sure. a stupid tackle last season and he got his ankle twisted, yeah. right? And that was frustrating. I literally watched him do that. He was just frustrated with himself. And he's here. And, and so I I like that. And then I say to myself, do we want to go out on the market and buy a, a centre forward for 50, 60 hmm. million quid? I'm thinking, well, you know what? He best be good. He best be really good. There best be a really big gap. And maybe we look at a wing forward, shall we say, who can yeah. play central and can play wide. And you cover two parts of the pitch. And that could be the next signing, rather than trying to sell Eddie on, right? So, mm -hmm. but yeah, if he misses a, if he misses a couple of open goals against West Ham in the week, then we've got a different discussion. And that's how transient the game is. And so mm. that's where my view has slightly changed, if that makes sense. See, often when I when I talk to you, Clive, and you're talking, and I am listening half the time, um, I'm often when I'm not listening, trying to think of what the next question is is going to be. And when I was thinking up the next question, it was what therefore happens in regards to the market. And obviously, you answered it during that monologue. But in a way, this I want to press. I do. I know. It's, I know it's what you do. But I want to press on it a bit because some people would say that you know he's a player that you could upgrade on. And I agree with you. If you're going to upgrade on him, you're going to have to find someone bloody good to be able to do that. Um, and you've also got to find somebody that's then therefore going to be in the knowledge that they're going up against Gabriel Jesus. Do you want to be able to, do you want to come into a team knowing you're not going to be the starting striker? Because in my mind, if you're going to find a forward, there's two options and you answered again, one of them, which is the versatile Cody Gakpo type forwards that can play in a wide one. area. Yeah, yeah. Would have been the one. Um, or you find uh, a player that, is better than Jesus. And then Jesus becomes in the Enketia, if you like, and, and the second option with the, the new striker you bring in. But I don't think there's too many out there. I guess there's a third route, which is you find somebody young that you think's got a bigger ceiling than your current uh, operators. Um, you know, we, we talk and you and me love a YouTube compilation of forwards, whether it's a Santiago Jimenez or whether it's a Benjamin Sesco or whether it's a Victor Boniface, one of these guys, uh, some of the hottest prospects in on the continent at the moment. 
which pathway do you think? You mentioned, obviously, the wide forward that can play through the middle as well. Do you think that's the likeliest pathway? I th- I did hear you say something today about um, a young player. And I thought, you know what? That is the way forward. There's a guy at, um, at Lons. Is it El Wahi? The guy that scored oh, against El Wahi. Yeah, yeah, yeah. El Wahi. Yeah. Sorry, you're forgetting that name wrong. And I looked at him and I thought, yeah, you're you're quite good. You're mm. quite good. Three or four of these names we just mentioned, apart from Sesco, I didn't really know. I, I didn't really know like six weeks ago. I've yeah. been studying them, so I see them now and I know them. And I do think that's probably the way to go forward because it's all dependent on our schedule next year. Presumably we're going to be in Champions League, mm-hmm. which is what you want. It's more Champions League games. So we need another forward in this group. Simple as that. It needs to happen. The squad is not going to be big enough to manage the games we're going to have to play. Mm-hmm. And so for me, it is a younger player. That can do that. But then someone could, I can, I can almost hear people shouting, well, if we are going to play the games in Champions League, just get Ivan Tony and stick him up front. And you can see that too. Do you know what I mean? And, and I will say that I listen to people, Arsenal players, ex-players, and they talk about Ivan Tony in a way like this is, I'll say good to happen, but could happen. You know, there's a positive feeling, and we, we all know the, the ex players are out there regularly in the in the interwebs. And so, if you listen to them carefully, you listen to even ex players at other clubs. They talk about this like it's a something that really possible. Do I like it? Yeah, do I like it? I'm not. I'm fifty fifty on it. For my own I'm fifty fifty. Um, yeah, for I the also, record, listeners, Clive said before the show he didn't want to <laughs> go down the Ivan Tony pathway. Yeah. And I didn't bring it up. <laughs> Just putting well, that out I'm, there. <laughs> I'm, I'm 50 50 on it. And there's, there's things I look for in a player how they move across the grass, their versatility, what they can do in different parts of the pitch. And I don't want one dimensional players in the team. Yeah. Because when that dimension doesn't suit them, they have to sit on the sidelines. So people that can move, people can control the ball, people can do things that are, that are, really positive and facilitate other people in our team great if they have got a superpower make it be so super that you mm. de- they become the system i'm not sure ivan tony is becomes the system right so i love my basketball when lebron james plays he is the system everything revolves around him ivan tony is the system for brentford do we want that for arsenal i'm not sure mm. i think if Arsenal want to go out and sign somebody, be it January or in the summer, there's something that exists that only really, for me, got touched upon in the pre-Sheffield United press conference for the first time properly referenced. And that's the 25-man squad. Because people are talking to me in chat box and saying, you know, I want to sign this guy in January. I want to sign this guy in January. In the summer, I want to sign this guy. And I'm like, okay, cool. Where are you going to put them? Because at the moment, Arsenal have 25 players, senior players. We're not talking about like youngsters that are under 18 or 19, 20, so they don't count. I'm talking about 25 senior players are at Arsenal now. And obviously, Cedric is one of those players you look at and say, he's going to move on. He's or, Or at the minimum, you don't have to register Cedric. So that's one spot. Beyond that, we have 24 players who either are like in the case of Jorginho and El Elneny, at least here until the end of the season when their contracts expire. We could still even make a decision on Jorginho to keep him for another year if we wanted. 
And then there's the opportunity to move players on. And there isn't too many I look at and go, well, they're on the way out. They're going to be sold. The only one I really see at the moment is potentially Thomas Partey, because depending on his fitness situation, because he keeps getting injured and he can't stay fit and he can't be available. And that might push Arteta to a position where he thinks that, well, maybe we should accept a bid from Saudi Arabia or Italy and, and then replace him. But again, you've just renewed Nketiah. You've just renewed Reese Nelson. And you might make some money off those players, but obviously you're going to have to find a way in selling them. Smith Rowe is a big question mark as well. We've got Yuri and Timber to come back and be part of the squad as well. So you're not going to sign a defender knowing he's coming back um, unless you find the perfect option. But what do you make of that concept? And especially what Arteta was talking about in his presser where he said, we need to be, we need a bigger squad we need, and, and not more signings. We need 30 35 players to be in a squad in the Premier League today. Yeah, and I think that this conversation is ongoing and I think that will lead to salary cuts potentially as well. I mean, the way we're pushing players at the moment is just ridiculous. It's, only, yeah. it's not going to get any better. You know, the World Club Championship is expanding to like 30 teams or something like that. Yeah, 30, um, 36 or whatever. We've got yeah. the Swiss, we got the Swiss Champions League model comes in next year where there's an extra few more games in there. Yeah. So this is only going one direction, right? And the, and the League Cup still has a two-leg semi-final. I mean, crikey, we're, we're just killing ourselves here. And so I do think potentially they might have to up the squad sizes. If you think back to Arsenal squad now, there's a few there's a few low-hanging fruit, shall we say. We've got Cedric, mm. potentially any potentially Jorginho at the end of the year. Uh, <laughs> one second. Cedric is... Um, Cedric is... Um, somebody that's going to be on their way. Um, basically, we have a situation where Timber comes back in, takes that slot, said it may have gone if Timber was still here. And so we we have this situation where potentially we have seven people in our back line, which is one short where we need to be, according to our Tetra again at press conference. Mm-hmm. Then we have a situation in January where um, Tom Yassi will be going away, not just for 20 minutes, but for you know, three weeks plus. Right, potentially mm. with the Asia Cup. Thomas Party, someone else who can drop into that back line if he was if he was fit, will also be away at the same time. So to me, before all these exciting things about Ivan Tony and the rest of it, we should be looking at a defender. Because the defender de risks the issues that we saw at the end of last season with Saliba's yeah. you know, injury towards the end of the season. So keep your good player young. Don't want him taking the burden every single week. So potentially right now we're sitting here and we need one more defender urgently. Mm. We may have to bring somebody forward. You know, so so it could see a situation where one of the attacking mids may may go away on loan to create room yeah. in the squad for somebody. And what I mean attacking mids, I'm talking Nelson Smith Rowe, Vieira. That's what I'm really talking about. Maybe mm-hmm. one of those three. Main because maybe not all three of them will get all the minutes that they need. So that's a potential move, right? So I think you'd have to de-risk our defensive element to our team, given the way that we're playing, given how crucial defenders are. I mean, look at the weekend, 120-odd pass to Libra just ran the game. These players are no longer people that head it and kick it like when I used to play. They are playmakers. They are top passers. And we, we judge them on what they do on the ball, what they do off the ball as well, So and where we can play. And if you're wondering when it's not quite right, think back to last year when we had Rob Holding come into the team. How did you all feel? We all was worried because we realised the way we played was no longer possible with somebody that didn't have the skill sets for Arsenal Football Club. Great, mm. great lad, great player. Mm. Not for 
very good in Sheffield United's team, but not for Arsenal Football Club on the halfway line, I'm afraid. And, and that's the difference. Yeah. Uh, and this is what I say. If it's going to be a defender, it has to be the perfect defender and it has to fit exactly what those requirements are. And it's really difficult. And I think we found the perfect one in the summer and sadly he's got injured. Um, you know, because what Timber offers you is the ability to move Ben White back into a centre-back area if you want to. You can play Tommy Asu centrally if you want to because he's just like Tommy, so versatile. He's so adept at playing left, right, and if you wanted to, in a centre-half position if you were desperate because he played every game for Ajax last season in the middle rather than the fullback areas, which is where he played every preseason game with us planning to use him in those roles. And Zinchenko should be worried for his future. You know, Ben White is going to be, I think, under a bit more pressure maybe as well. I think that fullback area is something that is really evolving uh, under the, the, the modern day coaches of Pep, who I think initially, you know, has, has kind of sparked this centre half, what they can do in a fullback area. Um, and now Arteta. I think we lack a Carl Walker personally type player. I'd, I'd love somebody like Carl Walker who offers you pace and real verve going forwards. There's times, Clive, where I think in games that, you know, where we want to be all tactical and we want our players to invert and we want them to become midfielders. But there's sometimes I really want somebody bursting up that right-hand flank or left-hand flank and overlapping and doing a Trent Alexander run. I just want a different option. But I, I'm trying to read this man's facial expressions to see whether that's one that he doesn't like. <laughs> no, nah, so I, I, I am a fan of big fullbacks, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, big I know. Yeah, that's, big. That's that's, <laughs> I, I like Kyle Walker. I like him. I yeah, like yeah. him. But when he, when we allowed him to, what we did when we played Man City is we allowed Guardiola and Kyle Walker to have space to attack. And what did mm. they do, Tom? They couldn't Nada. do anything. They couldn't do it, mate. And very smart from Arteta. I thought he was a genius that day. Um, very smart. May I, I, I take Ben White over him as an all-round footballer, I would. And I think sure. Ben White is really developing into a a top-class fullback that I no longer want to move. Mm. Um, I just, I liked Timber as a left-back. I liked him more as a left-back. Small sample size, I know, but I liked him more as a left-back than I did right-back. Tommy Asu, mate, fighting for a contract. Fighting what for a contract. Plan. Arsenal rejected a move for him in the summer for Inter Milan. Glad they yep. did. He's come back super fit. Look how, I mean, you were there the weekend. Players can't hide their feelings, right? We can all spot it. They love that guy, mm. right? They absolutely love him. I'm so pleased. Give the man a pen. Make sure he stays. Make sure he stays. Now, what if I'm if I'm Zinchenko, I'm going to have a chat with the manager. I'm 25, 26, right? I'm going to have a chat with the manager. Say, look, mate, I'm, I, I don't want to be run past by the Bakaya Sackers of this world for the rest of my career. I need to get myself in the interior of this midfield. Mm. You've got three 30-year-olds about to exit, right? In party, let's be honest, he had, there's no contract negotiations going on for him, so we know he's going, right? So, Jorginho's in his last year option. What would you do? I would move it. Uh, and El Nenny, I think he's, the time's coming to an end. Arsenal looked after him very, very well yeah, post his injury. So, you take out three 30-year-olds, you need to bring somebody into that midfield group. I think Zinchenko can do it with his eyes shut, do exactly mm. what Jorginho does, and do it with more ability, movement on the ball, carrying, pass selection technique. I would get him in the interior of our team tomorrow. 
Look at the praise that Bernardo Silva gets for playing inside as a double six. Same same type of player, technical player, just keeps the ball moving. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. And the same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with Mook Delivery. Are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. We could definitely do one of them in the interior of our yep. team. It leaves room for a youth player to get promoted, shall we say. And there's mm-hmm. one out there that's currently running around at Swansea doing really, really well. Leaves room for one player to to get promoted. And then it also leaves room for potential purchase if you want to do that, to make sure that for the big games you're in, you're in shape. That's a smart use of squad. For me, that's the way I would go. We won't even think about it. I do think end of the season, we have three Howlenders in Eddie, Smith-Rowe and Nelson. Do we all think three of them will start the season next year? I'm not so sure. And and by the way, not because they're not good enough. It's because there comes a point where they need to have minutes in their career. So depending how the rest of the season goes, they're going to want to play some football. And so it's very important that they don't let their levels drop. They stay at this elite level. So to do that, you need to play. So there could be a conversation there with 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 two of those guys, I reckon. The couple of days after a hat trick for Eddie, the other, you know, we had a conversation looks a bit obvious at the moment. Um, but football changes in a West Ham Wednesday night, Swift had a good game. None of us are saying this anymore. So it's about keeping your mind open, open to market opportunities, but open to your squad development and seeing how they go in the next few months. I think that the the squad is, you know, I, I've obviously been a supporter a, a lot less than you. Not not insultingly less, Clive, but a lot less time than you uh, watching this team. But it is the first time I've really felt emboldened by how much depth there is you know and how much quality there is throughout the group and also at the same time excited to to see what more comes through with the likes of yeah. Ethan Ranieri, Miles Lewis Skelly you touched upon Charlie Patino um but is there a worry for you that having seen somebody like following Balogun you know not have a place and, and, and was sold and we made a lot of a lot of money for him, and I think we did really well getting the amount of money we did with the add-ons that potentially could also be uh, earned on him. That with what signings we make or promote from within in terms of Zinchenko, as you mentioned, going into midfield, that doors get shut on some very, very talented players and that we let them go. Is there a worry for you that maybe we won't see as much promotion as as we have done in recent seasons? I'm not, I'm not worried. Uh, no, how can I say this? The game has changed. The game has changed. When Smith Rowe jumped into the team, we were not the team we are today. You know, and we were almost waiting for him to go over his hip injury to get into the team. We got into the team around Christmas time against Chelsea and our life started to change. Right? So him and Saka got together. 
the the club mm. standards and the quality around Swiffro now has made it challenging for him. So since then, we've spent money on a number of players, including Trossard, including Vieira, including Havertz. We see Martin Odegaard establish himself as the number 10 on the right-hand side. Smith was in that position. When Smith Rowe first burst in, we were having the debates, Martinelli or Smith Rowe. Well, that debate suddenly slowed down a little bit, hasn't it? Martinelli's turned into into some amazing athlete and uh, has got his big contract in his back pocket. So that debate is um, is less of a debate, shall we say. Uh-huh. And so the standards have changed, the requirements have changed. Yet, you know, we still have these memories of what Smith Rowe does. And that's a classic example of somebody where you have to give them time to allow them to develop themselves back into the squad in the right role for them, define their role within the group in a team that standards have gone through the roof. We're having debates now about substitutes and selections. And the reason why we can have them is because the manager's bought more good players than bad ones. And now we're debating who should start and where they, and where they should play. A year oh. or so ago, we were praying that first 11 was healthy and fit. The moment we lost a key player in that first 11, our season fell apart. So it's down to what we've done as a club to develop and identify talent to give us the depth. So you, Tom, as a young fan, can say, I've never seen this before. You know, and, and to be honest, neither have I. The reason why the game that I grew up with didn't have five substitutes, didn't have the same impact on the bench. I, I read something today that our substitutes have scored more goals or been involved in more goal involvements than any other team in the league. And people criticise Arteta for substitutes. I'm thinking, mate, one, he's developed the squad. Two, look at the actual facts. Right? So substitutes analysis, you don't often find me do it. And I'll tell you why, because it's all outcome-based. When we do really, really well, and we literally have four players set up a goal against Man City, we enjoy that. When we draw 2-2 against somebody, <laughs> and we don't quite make substitutions at the right time, we criticise Arteta for game management. Mm. Don't get me don't get me started, mate. Don't get me started. You'll, all, you'll always get a game wrong. You always will. You turn around, you look behind you, you make the wrong decision. You, I think there was a game where Vieira came on in, in one of the games on the right wing. It might have been in Lons. Lons Remember yeah. that one? Lons away. Yeah, Saka yeah, came Saka off injured, Vieira came early. on. Vieira came on. Vieira's a good player. Hmm. Really good player. Came on, stunk the place out. People were saying, oh, I don't know if I made that substitution. Well, if he sticks by the top corner, I bet you would say that's a great substitution. It didn't work out <laughs> yeah. on the day. Yeah. It did work out on the day. You know, and um, Trossard started against Fulham. All of us wanted him to see him start. Stunk the place out in the first half. Eddie comes on, and we were happy to see on the bench. And Vieira comes on, and they ripped the game open. Mm. It's all about outcome. It's about outcome. And the key thing, really, is what we're seeing now is having as many players engaged, feeling like they can play. So when they do come in, they look effective. So in the last few weeks, we found Trossard. We're finding Eddie. We found Tommy Asu. We found Kivio at the weekend. Hell a reminder what good player he can be. And so that only makes us feel more confident about the schedule that's ahead of us and what we're going to see post-January in particular. Mm. 
Yeah, I think it's a really good point about like, in-game management is something that I always, and I know you listen to my show, so now I know you've been rolling your eyes while you've been listening to me, so that's good. Um, but... It's not just you, mate. Elliot's the same. Elliot's the same. <laughs> <laughs> it's just, for me, it's always been the one thing I looked at Arteta and thought, you know, I I adore so much about his philosophy, his ruthlessness, his uh, the project and the way in which we progressed it, his vision of the club and where he wants it to go and how he's delivering that as well. But there's always been that in-game part of his management that I've thought can be better, like t- like decision-making. Let me give you an example this season for something up to date. I find myself getting incredibly frustrated at times with how long Bakai Saka is left on the field at times in, in situations mm-hmm. where I think he can be taken off, like Bournemouth, for instance. He came off that game against Bournemouth injured Um when we were three or four nil up and I'm thinking when you're three nil up at Bournemouth, you can take him off. You could just, and we know that he's getting kicked and you can rest him and you can manage his minutes better. That's what I mean when I'm critical of his in-game. Am I being too harsh then? No, no, no. Um, There was, I don't know, it might've been Spurs actually. We sort of ran out of players against Spurs. That's why they got away. And and Tim sits on that side of the pitch in the second half when we're attacking the North Bank end. And he sits right at halfway line. And he could see that Saka was injured and he was going absolutely ballistic. He said he can barely run, he can barely run. So Tim's memory when he walked away from the stadium was that's terrible game management from that day. Now I was at the other end, I couldn't really see that. So I haven't got that memory. I haven't got that same that same scar in my mind. Do you know what I mean? I just because let's be honest, come on, we're all we're all nerds, right? We watch Arsenal all the time. How many games have you not seen Pakaya Saka limp? You know, so we mm. have that discussion. Most games, mm. he has gets a kick and he limps at some time. And a, a lot of the time, he's absolutely fine. And he's there available in training next day, smiling on our inside training videos. So sometimes it's hard to judge when he's absolutely injured. And given the fact he played eight-year-old games in a row, maybe the manager knows more about him and his ability to recover than we do. Mm. You know, because you don't do that unless the right decisions have been taken in between game days and training days, etc. So, yeah, and also the right decisions by the player, how he recovers, how he lives his life to allow him to be fit and available for when it really, really counts. So I'm loath to criticise because one thing we don't have, any of us, is the ability to understand the medical data that the club see. It's highly confidential data. They have all the data. They have all that at their fingertips, and we don't. We don't have it. Now, what we can do on game day, we can see when someone's struggling, when someone's tired. Odegaard's a great example. Recently, he looked a little bit tired, right? Mm-hmm. And he took that kick against Kovacic. We've all forgotten yeah. that. Mm. And suddenly, when it mentions he's been carrying something, we all flick back to the Kovacic kick from behind, where he should have got sent off. Yeah, that maybe explains a few things. He has been taking a few too many shots. Why well, he's taking shots? You know why he's taking shots? Because our centre forwards had a knee injury. Mm. Our left winger had a hamstring injury. And you got a guy with 15 and 10. If I'm the manager, I'm saying to you, mate, take a few shots because we lost a couple of our goal scorers. Take some shots because yeah. I know I can trust you to score. Right? So mm. there's, always a, there's always a reason for this stuff. You know, and it's just a matter of having a little think about it. And, um, trying to put ourselves in their shoes. But uh, yeah, Saka, on occasions, I think there's been opportunities. But I think he gets it more right than wrong. That's my, that's my view. 
Oh no, without question, I, I think that there is. It's just you know, I, when when a when a manager does so well, it becomes much harder to find the things that you want to talk about in terms of their areas of yeah. development, <laughs> which which makes it obviously. But right, it's, it's can I tell you what I think is. So I tell you what yeah, I think. My, this is the area of development for me. And by the way, he's he's sorting this one out as well, <laughs> right? So for the last two <laughs> three seasons, the last two three seasons, we've lost key players. Hmm. And how we've adjusted to those key players being out for me has been incorrect. So I remember when we lost uh, Kieran T the first time we put Shaka there. Now knowing a little bit more about inverted fullbacks, I can see what he's trying to do, but Shaka mm. was the wrong guy to do it with, mm-hmm. right? So he's the wrong guy to do it with, and we didn't. We I think I think we had David Luiz playing back then, you know, mm. and Gabriel was on the bench because he didn't know the language. So it's we had Pablo Marie maybe as well. Maybe, maybe. Mm. So you can see what he's trying to do. It didn't quite work out. But that's just me as a fan dis- disagreeing mm-hmm. with, a, with a solution. You know, and obviously last year we lost holding. Some people were saying, you know, different things we could have done. We found Kivior. He probably didn't want to throw him into the big game because he was new. Kivior came in and things settled. You know, they settled down. Even though he's on the right centre back. Could that come happen sooner? The way that he runs that dressing room in the hierarchy, Rob Holding was next man up. He had to give him a go. He had to. You know, in the first couple of games, he was fine, and then it just started to fade away. And um, so th- that adjustment to major trauma, I think, has been a little bit slow on occasions. But I think he's learned. And I think I don't mean that to sound um, patronizing. I think he's learning no. about how he builds his squad and versatility and having the right attributes. And he can't get everything all at once. You know, hmm. so now he's got all these tools he can use. And guess what? He's using them. And hmm. right now I look at our team, Tom, I'm telling you, mate, <laughs> one of my phrases, I'm telling you, mate, <laughs> I think we can play always. You know, so if you want to ask to play at the back, we can do that. Right to mm-hmm. the penalty box, we can do that. If you want to mid-block a team like you did against Man City, we can do that. If you want to go aggressive like you did against Spurs and really go on top of them, we can do that too. Right? If you if you want to go long against us, we can run with you. Right? And we can now win second balls because we've got we got the Hoover in the middle of midfield, Declan Rice. So don't go long because we'll win that. Sleeper can now win everything in the air. We've got goalkeepers that can that can press up and play high. We've literally added all of the tool sets. And by the way, we should have gone over the press at Chelsea sooner, but we now mm-hmm. have a six foot four guy we can stick up there to go over the press to that we didn't have mm-hmm. last season. So we've added all of these things into our thought process, which probably makes us more critical because now we can see the options. Oh, we should mm. do this. We should do that. We didn't have these options last year, but now we've got them. We're going to be critical. So where it's going to manifest itself with you, Tom, is people are going to say, the game management is wrong. The reason why they're going to say that, and if they're quite in their right to say that, is because of the optionality we have within the squad. Sure. You know? And I yeah. think, just I just would bounce it out and say the reason why we have the optionality in the squad is for what we've done over the last couple of years to make Arsenal Football Club really attractive for players to come to, to come and play for. You know, mm. that's really important. No, flip the script. Yeah, I think it's great. Um, you know, the more options, more choice, more 
opportunities to have had a different uh, route to the solution <laughs> for fans to try and point out for sure. Uh, I love the point earlier on about Odegaard as well and like where he was at about his shooting because one of the criticisms of Odegaard I've seen people levy at here in this season is that, you know, he's, he doesn't take games with a scruff of the neck enough or he's not like... And I sit there and I'm like, well... I see Odegaard as like a catalyst for this team. I see him as an elevator. I see him as something as that when Arsenal are playing well, typically Odegaard's playing well. Um, mm. And maybe when Arsenal don't have the best performances, Odegaard's maybe not one of the best, better players in it. And that, that shows his importance. But also, if you want him to get, if you want him to take games to the scruff of the neck, don't complain that he's taking these shots because that is him trying to take the game in some ways. That is him trying to take yeah. the ownership and lead this team and, you know, make something happen. So you can never win in football sometimes. And uh, <laughs> us supporters sometimes find ways to create those situations. You can't win. I think with Odegaard shooting, it's not for me that he's taking shots. It's always shot selection, shot technique. Right? So are you using the right technique? Are you, you know, off balance on your wrong foot taking a shot from 25 yards out? Maybe have a little think about it. Show a bit of composure mm-hmm. and patience. Um, but I never worry. The intention to shoot is what we should be encouraging. We should be encouraging that intention to shoot. If you feel set and ready to go, you feel positive, let it go. Mm. Don't hold back. Let it go. Look, I mean, look at the goal that Eddie scored the weekend. I mean, gee whiz. I mean, that was quality. Mm-hmm. Absolute quality. We should be encouraging that. So when that goes in, we all stand up, clap, and go to the pub. Yeah. It's like, and then we're, when it doesn't go in, we're shooting too much. And so we, 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 we can't have it always, right? For me, it's, it's selection, showing the right composure, having the right technique. Focus on that, and the output will take care of itself. You know, it really will. It really will. And I think I want Odegaard to shoot. You know, why? Because I think he's got the best technique in our club. And if he gets it right, you know, like he did at Newcastle and Spurs last year, we have good days, right? So, um, and PSV this year, is this shot you took against PSV? Remember the home game mm. in the European yeah. game? Mate, that was in for the moment you took it out of his feet. That was in. You know, and that was only about five weeks ago. It'll come yeah. back. It'll come back. A recency bias. So we always remember what's most oh, happened. We forget so quickly. You know, we forget it's things brilliant. so quick. Oh, it's fantastic, mate. Football. Don't we love it? We, we absolutely <laughs> love it. <laughs> Clive, it's always an absolute pleasure to speak with you. Uh, and, and it is once again. Uh, tell people where they can find you and what you're going to be up to. Uh, well, what do I do? I just talk football on Arsenal Vision a little bit and um, a few other places. And uh, yeah, that's it. There you <laughs> go. Where to find me. <laughs> At Clive PAFC on oh, thank Twitter. You. Uh, I forget you about that. <laughs> <laughs> on X, I should say, not Twitter these days. At Clive PAFC. Uh, thank you once again to Clive. If you've got any thoughts on anything we've discussed in today's show, leave them down in the comment section below. And uh, Clive will respond to all of them. I'm joking. He I will. Bring it. Bring it my way. <laughs> we'll see how there we go. go. Leave your thoughts down below. Drop a like, of course, as well. And uh, this is, of course, released in the morning tomorrow because uh, I'll be at uh, Mikel Arteta's press conference. Um, so I couldn't do the show and I have to get around the M25 in time to get to London Colney for a very early presser. Uh, so I hope that you've appreciated the effort that's gone into to provide this for you. So please do drop a like and subscribe on that lovely stuff. And uh, I'll be back, of course, for normal times uh, on Wednesday at 8 as well. Have a fantastic day, people. Stay safe, stay well. And as always, up the Arsenal.
It's the 90 plus minute. All your mates around and you've got a McNuggets share box ready to go and you know a late winner's coming. Your mates already got booked for a double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfection. Order now on the McDonald's app for your McDelivery. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rust-Oleum. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.